You're listening to The Brandwell Podcast, the business podcast for side hustlers and creative entrepreneurs who want to take their business to the next level. Your host, Victoria Marcoulier, is a wife, mama, and the owner of a branding studio she built from the ground up, Brandwell. With each episode, Victoria and her guests share the behind the scenes of how they built their dream career and give you the expert advice you'll need to build yours. Learn how to show up confidently online as we cover everything from social media, website strategy, email marketing, and a little bit of that mompreneur life in between. Here's your host, Victoria Marcoulier. Welcome to the podcast. If it's your first time tuning in, I'm Victoria. And today we're talking all things upset clients. This is literally a topic that no one wants to address because who wants to say that they have a ton of experience with upset clients, right? Um, Well, I can confidently say the vast majority of the women that we serve at Brandwell walk away thrilled with both their deliverables and with their experience working with us. I would be lying if I said that we didn't have the occasional upset client. At the end of the day, if you're running a business for any amount of time, you're going to have some unhappy customers. Every single person that you serve, especially with a service-based business, is going to have an expectation of what the process and what the final product will look like. And now it is your job as the business owner to set the correct expectation for them from the beginning through your marketing, through your sales calls, your contracts, and so on. But we are human, and some things are subjective, or some things get misinterpreted during the onboarding process. And Heck, maybe you actually did mess up and you ticked your client off. Don't beat yourself up over the fact that you have an upset client or a couple of them. Just figure out how you're going to address it and how you're going to turn things around. And then also, how are you going to avoid having more of these in the future? Like, What can you learn from this to avoid having a lot of upset clients down the road? I have not talked much about my work life prior to starting Brandwell, but one of my first jobs was working for a four-star resort in West Virginia. The stars will come into play here in a second. And I worked for this resort every summer for five years, and then I ended up taking a full-time position with them right out of college in kind of their marketing and events um, genre. And so in my six years at this resort, I attended many trainings on how to deal with guests and how to you know get that fifth star so a little backstory on hotels and how they get their ratings forbes travel guide is really the global authority on luxury hospitality and they send professional inspectors all over the country and actually all over the world to assess hotels and restaurants and the spas based on they have a set of 900 objective standards that determine this annual star rating for the hotel So the resort that I worked for, like I said, was a four-star resort, and they were trying desperately to achieve that fifth star. But in order to do so, they knew that they had to train their employees to treat every guest with five-star service at every encounter, whether they were sweeping the hallway and a guest walked by or if they were giving them a $300 spa treatment. The standard didn't change. Because when these, uh, they call them shoppers, but like when these hotel inspectors would come, nobody knew they were coming. And they don't just assess the hotel on the actual facility or the amenities. They're also really looking at service, which I think is so interesting. And I love that, you know, service as a service-based business, like the experience that we give people, I know so much comes down to my team and how we treat our customers. And this is uh, something that I feel like I got a lot of good coaching at this resort because in order to get that fifth star, not only did your hotel have to be kept immaculate and the property had to be beautifully landscaped and all of this, but you had to have employees that were always on. Like they could not be having a bad day and take it out on a guest. They had to be giving this five-star customer experience at every encounter. And so periodically, 
this hotel would hire a representative from Forbes to come and all of us employees would get in this movie theater of the hotel and we would get lectured on what Forbes looks for out of the hotel employees. And one of those trainings stuck with me and honestly, it's become a core part of how I handle my clients and then how I train my designers or any client facing role within my business. And the lecture could be summed up in a single line. At least all I remember from it is this one line. The guest is always right and the answer is always yes. The guest is always right and the answer is always yes. So fast forward five years, I run my own business where we serve a couple hundred people a year with our services and I've somewhat made it my motto to have it be that the customer is always right and the answer is always yes. And before you come at me saying that your clients are in the wrong and you can't bend over backwards for everyone, I already know this. As my business and my team have grown, I have quickly learned that sometimes you just can't keep jumping through hoops for clients. Um, But rather than my no coming midway through a project, I'm really learning to let my no be before they even come on board as a client. This is mainly applying to service-based business owners. I understand if you have a product online, you don't always get to vet the person that buys your product, but I have a service-based business that I do get the opportunity to vet who I bring on board as kind of the gatekeeper of our company culture. And if I sense that somebody could be requiring a little bit more than what my business is set up to give, I'm really learning to refer them out or to just kindly tell them it's not a good fit. So rather than trying to fit everybody into my mold, um, recognize just that some people are simply not a good fit for your business and save yourself the headache of never being able to please them and wait for that right person to come along because they will. I... This is just like I'm preaching to the choir here and I want you guys to know that I don't always do this right, but I am so learning that we have far fewer upsets when I listen to my gut. If I'm on a sales call and a few red flags come up and I listen to my gut and say, you know what, as much as I would love to close this deal, as much as I'd love the money, I am going to send them to somebody that might be a better fit for them or I'm just going to tell them it's not a great fit because I know likely down the road this could be a little bit of a rocky road for us because I can tell from the get-go that I might not be meeting their expectations or maybe just they are requiring more than what um, our packages include and I don't want to be jumping through hoops throughout the entire process. So I'm learning to let my no come a little bit earlier on rather than once they're a client because when somebody is a client of mine, once they sign that proposal with me, I'm going to do everything in my power to deliver everything they're hoping for and then some. Like I want my answer to be yes and I want my client to always be right as we're working together because that's I think really what sets you up for success to get those rave reviews and to have happy customers who willingly refer you to others. And even then, though, sometimes it's simply not enough. Um, So you deliver what you think to be a five-star product or service and your customer is still upset. First rule of thumb, never handle a client upset over email. It is so hard to interpret emotion in an email, and it's also way too easy for people to be mean in email. So spare yourself the passive-aggressive or maybe the straight-up aggressive language that could come in an email conversation and just call the upset client. Um, You know, going back to the customers always right, when you get on this phone call, go in humble, go in ready to try and understand where they are coming from. 
I know this is way easier said than done, but I have found that when I go into a call with an unhappy client truly seeking to understand their side, it goes far, far better than when I go in ready to defend my side. So just assume that the client has some validity to their feelings and maybe, as wonderful as your business is, there are some areas where you could improve either on the deliverable or on how you set those expectations from the beginning. That's really been a huge thing for me and a huge takeaway from these client upset calls is I realize, you know what, maybe I'm not really explaining this correctly on the sales calls or maybe I should have a clause about this in our contract so that nobody's blindsided when this happens. I have changed so much about how I market my packages, to whom I market them to, and what I say in my contracts based on these client upset calls. They've truly helped me shape my business in a lot of ways and they've improved our products and they've improved our processes. So if you're willing to set aside your pride for 15 minutes and make that very difficult phone call, your future self and your business model will thank you for it. Feedback from clients is always so important, and we talk a lot about how to get those positive reviews, but don't freak out if you get some critical feedback. Like Use it to better shape your business and better shape your offerings. So if we go in assuming that the client is right and that they have a reason to be upset, rather than being defensive, this often changes the whole tone of the call from the get-go. Like if I have to deal with an unhappy client, I almost always start the call and say something along the lines of, hey, I am so sorry that this process has not lived up to your expectations so far. Why don't you tell me what's going on and what we can do better? So immediately, everything that they had planned to throw at you as an attack, it likely is going to go out the window or it's going to at least get watered down because now they know that they're going to be listened to, not just preached to about why they're wrong and what was in their contract and yada, yada, yada. Just assume that the customer's right. You can still maintain respect for your business, but especially if you made a mistake, be willing to apologize and acknowledge the error. People will have so much more respect for you if you own up to your mistake than if you try and make excuses for why it happened. And if you didn't make a mistake and you think the client is being unreasonable with their expectations, they may not be right about every detail they're complaining about, but they can be right in the sense that they purchased something from your business that didn't live up to their expectations due to some sort of miscommunication, and you still need to validate that. You still need to validate that something went wrong, and you're sorry that things turned out that way, right? Like We promise on our website that we're going to deliver an exceptional experience and that you're going to love your experience working with us as much as you love your designs. And if somebody doesn't have a great experience, then I did not live up to that promise on my website, right? And even if, you know, I feel like, well, they just had this crazy idea of what they were going to get that was like nowhere in our sales call or nowhere in the contract, they just maybe dreamed up this package, then it's still it's still my job to just say like, hey, listen, I'm so sorry that things did not go the way that you planned, that you didn't have an exceptional experience. That's not what we aim to deliver to our clients. We want everybody to walk away happy. What can we do to make things right and to move forward? Um, I think that always needs to be the focus of the call is not living in the past. Like you can spend some time, let them vent a little bit, let them share why they're upset. Take the criticism as hard as it is. Um, let them know you appreciate it as a business owner. You know, in my case, a lot of times I'm talking business owner to business owner, right? Entrepreneur to entrepreneur. And I say like, listen, this is really hard for me to hear, but I appreciate you because I'm still learning. Like I am still learning every day as I build this business, like you are as you are building yours. And I really appreciate that you're helping me, you know, make things better. And I think that clients appreciate that they want to be heard. They want their feelings to be validated and they want a solution moving forward. So next, the answer is always yes. 
What we were taught by this at the resort was that if a guest has a need, you're going to help them meet it. You may not always be the one to meet the need yourself, but you're going to point them in the right direction of where they can go to get that need met. So for instance, if a guest was walking through the lobby and they asked me at the time a marketing coordinator what time the restaurant's all open for dinner, I might I might not know the answer to that off the top of my head. But what I can do is I can stop what I'm doing, I can walk that guest over the concierge or to someone who's going to know the answer. We were never allowed to simply say no to a guest, not ever. And this has been another lesson I've taken with me as I've built Brandwell. If my client needs a design that we don't offer as one of our core packages, we're probably going to find a way to do it for them. It might cost a little bit more money. It might take a little bit more time, but we're going to find a way to have that answer be yes. And then if it is something that's outside the skill or the scope of what my team can do, I'm going to refer them to one of my friends in the industry or to a different online resource where they can go to get what they're looking for. So it's just about learning how to have the answer to be yes, even if it's not at the expense of yourself or your time or your mental health. Um, you can usually find a way to meet your client's needs and find a solution for them. It might involve, you know, having them pay a little bit more money. It might involve sending them to somebody else to help them, or it might involve sending them online tutorials if they're asking a lot of questions about how to, you know, edit things or change things on their website. Speaking to my web designer friends right now, um, but the answer answer should always be yes as much as possible and to the best of your ability. Dealing with unhappy customers, it's no fun and I do still get a pit in my stomach every time I have to get on one of these calls, but I've been learning through experience that one, if you handle the upset in person or over the phone, two, if you admit that the client is right, you validate their upset, and three, if you find them a solution to their problem, you will almost always be able to turn things around. Every once in a while, you are going to get a bad apple in the door and nothing you say or do is going to appease them. Chances are they're unhappy with a lot of the vendors that they hire. And in those cases, just use it as a learning experience, like spot the red flags before it's too late and know when someone's not a good fit for your business. Whenever I've had clients where things turn sour, and again, this is very, very rare. Um, I, I think I've had like two or three people in my four years of business where we ended up parting ways somewhere in the middle of the project just because you could tell things were starting to go south and it just was not a good fit at all. But what I do is I try and think, okay, were there any red flags? Did I have any gut feeling when I was talking to this person during the sales call? Were they making me update their proposal seven times before they signed it? Like, what are those red flags that I might be able to recognize and avoid in future situations? I recognize that a lot of what I shared today does mainly apply to service-based businesses, but even if you have a product, you can still acknowledge a customer's frustration, you can seek to hear their side, and you can work to find a solution that's going to make everyone happy. I know this is not a fun topic to discuss, but it's a topic that we need to be prepared for because as business owners, it is part of the game. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. We will be back next Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to the Brandwell Podcast. If you're a side hustler or creative entrepreneur looking to take your business to the next level, subscribe to the podcast so we can continue to cheer you on week after week by providing practical advice on how to grow your business. For show notes or to learn more about what we covered in today's episode, head to brandwelldesigns.com. Until next time, keep branding well.